0: threatening the town of Otari shines no more. But the town's fate is still being written. These heroes surprise me. The heroes of Otari. The heroes of Otari bask in their stardom, but it dulls them, weakens them, They do not know the horrors that await them in the Abomination Vaults. Creatures mutated beyond recognition. Things which should not be on this plane. Not to mention the horrible echoes of the past that still linger. Their weakness gives me hope. Their zealous quest gives me leverage. ...and they do not know the dangerous game that they are part of. Now, they play into my hand.
1: The camera fades in, the sun rising over the town of Otari. The smell of coffee fills the air as the town full of lumberjacks rises to the early light, eager to get going before the heat sets in. Our camera floats across the rooftops, through the morning fog rolling in off the inner sea, and we can see coming into focus a tavern, the rowdy rockfish. Inside, as we push in through the foggy window, we can see the aftermath of a celebration Just the day before, the heroes of Otari returned a missing son to his mother here and donated half of their earnings from the mayor towards helping this very establishment. The resulting celebration was legendary, Halarmony playing music and telling tales of battles against evil creatures beneath the gauntlet. Mukta drinking and celebrating, planting seeds of Howe's greatness into the minds of the patrons. Brelda Vankerville welcoming the return of her son Lazda and the validation that she knew never to give up hope the celebration went on into the wee hours of the morning but two of the members checked out early Nulara and Clovis retreating to their rooms in an effort to uncover some of the secrets that had been dropped into their laps the night before we cut to a room on the desk a blue lantern flickers, one retrieved from the depths of the abomination vaults, one which was used to transfix Lazda and following Volick into the depths of the keep. It casts a blue glow in the otherwise dark room with its soft flicker, and we see two people deep in study. Nulara sitting at a desk, poring over Belcolora's private journal. And Clovis sitting cross-legged on the floor. We see Nulara reading intensely. Nulara, as you read through Belcora Harvick's journal, you begin to get a better sense of who she is as a person. And I know I've shared this with you, you know, personally and privately, but I'm going to share it here on stream so all our viewers can also get caught up as well. Yeah, uh, but you read about a child who has been raised since birth. To believe she was special, born to a bloodline of powerful sorcerers, generations of inbreeding leading to the most powerful sorcerers, and eventually to Belcora's birth. Since she was a child, she has been told that she was the harbinger of Nimbaloth, the eyes of empty death, and that she was alone, or she alone, was the family's greatest hope for power and prosperity. That all came to a close, as word of their worship, including sacrifices, found their way into the authorities of Absalom. The Harvexes were exiled from Absalom when she was only six years old, and she was forced off the Isle of Portos. But this exile only made Mel- Belcora more resentful. At the age of 17, she was given visions by Nimbaloth, visions of a place called the Empty Vault deep beneath Cortos, in a lonely stretch of woods, off the coast a few miles from Absalom, a place Belcora believed Nimbaloth once brushed against this fragile world. And so she returned to the island, using the last of her family's fortunes to erect a magical lighthouse she called the Gauntlet. She dug down deeper into the earth to find the empty vault she had seen in her visions. And, as she dug down, she erected secret dungeons, which she called the Abomination Vaults. She would draw in the scariest, darkest creatures from the corners of the Darklands to her dungeons, where she would finally use the Gauntlight's magic to send them to Absalom and destroy them once and for all. The last mention in the journal is of her plan to meet a group of adventurers called the Rose Guard head-on, Hand them over for flesh-warping experiments down below, and as you turn the page, it's blank. No more writing fills the pages. It gives you a sense of knowledge of who Belcora was, but it leaves you feeling that you need to know more about Nimbaloth herself. And as Nulara turns and looks at Clovis... We can see him sitting cross-legged. He has a large, very oversized book in his lap. The cover looks to be made of actual human flesh, and it's pulled tightly over a large skull covered in moss. Clovis looks up and locks eyes with Nulara. She can see the worry in his eyes. Clovis, as you spent the night reading this book, you learned it was called The Whispering Reeds. It details the outer goddess Nimbaloth, a shapeless entity known as the Empty Death. She preys on those who hunt souls as they travel down the river, devouring both hunter and hunted indiscriminately. Anybody she consumes is forever gone, and forever nothing. She is said to see into our world through Will of the Wisps, which act as her eyes where she brushes against our world, her influence is felt. A corruption that turns the surrounding area to swampland and birth wisps into our world. It spreads as her influence grows, consuming all around her. The author of this book put together all this information to help stop Nimbaloth's influence. By collecting all the parables, myths, stories, encounters with the outer goddess, they hope to create a work that could be used by good to stop her evil. But Clovis, as you read through the book, the truth becomes apparent to you. The opposite seems to be have been achieved. By compiling these stories together into one tome, you see the danger here. The book influences you it draws you in making you want to read more this work has a double has become the double-edged sword of not only providing you with the tools you need to defeat her for the tools you need to fight her influence sorry but also in spreading the influence itself the tome has become twisted from its original purpose and now has become a religious text source that the devoted to Nimbaloth used to study. The author, upon realizing his mistake, tried to destroy all copies of the print run he had created. However, he was killed by... Yeah, he was killed before he succeeded by the cultists of Nimbaloth. Fewer than two dozen copies still exist. It's included as a parable in the book itself how the book itself is impossible to translate or transcribe. All attempts result in nothing more than gibberish. You hold in your hands the other piece to this puzzle, Clovis, a text about Nimbeloth. a powerful artifact that can be used to help you in your quest at the potential cost of your soul if you waver. And just for reference in the party loot, I've I've identified the book in your inventory so you guys can take a look and it has not only a description about the book but all the abilities it can provide to you should you choose to use it. And as Nulara and Clovis lock eyes, the blue lantern flicker between them, I'd like to give you guys a moment to reflect on what you guys have learned, the insurmountable reality of the situation which with you've been tasked. Take it away, guys.
2: What did you find out? This book is uh, pretty scary here. Uh, it does have uh, some text about Nibbaloth and off?
3: Mm-hmm,
2: possible way of defeating him, but this book is uh, very dangerous. What do you think? It has the ability <laughs> to influence people uh, probably to do bad
3: stuff. I mean, we, we still need to find out more about Nimbaloth, though, at least from what I gathered in um, Book Horror's journal.
2: I, agree. I, mean, I don't want to put this book down. I want
3: to keep yeah, I mean, I don't book. want you to risk yourself either. I yeah. will not hesitate on putting you down. If I'd rather hunting. not. If,
2: uh, if it turns me, you got to do what you got to do, but uh, we have to learn.
3: Okay, let's make sure we don't get there. Okay. Wait, so what do you want to do with the book then? you want to hide it? You to...
2: We should put it away. We don't want anybody else to get a hold of it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I do want to keep studying it.
3: How can you study it safely, though? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Rin? Mm-hmm. Should we bring it up there? Might not be a bad idea. Yeah, I, I throw a blanket over it.
1: Right. I will point out, it is a pretty big book. If you look at the book itself, the item is a two-bulk book. So this thing is definitely thick, oversized, and wieldy. So if you guys are planning on carrying it around, Yes, it, it's huge, so just make- be aware it is pretty hefty. So from- the- Kill him! Yeah.
4: Maybe
3: so <laughs> hide yeah. it and just talk to
2: Lynn about it.
3: Okay, let's let the others know too.
1: Yeah, and I think from here there's like a quick cut, right? We cut to a close-up of the bottom of a doorway. The door swings open and we see a black leather boot with gold straps enter the frame. We stay close on this foot as it walks across the wooden floor, each step echoing loudly. We see it step over sleeping bodies without pause, people passed out from the celebration. And then, in frame, it stops right opposite of a sleeping Ysoki rogue. Our Mukta, curled up with an empty bottle, sleeps in a tight ball. There is a, demom- there is a moment of pause as the voice demands attention. <clears <throat> she clears her throat again mm. nothing with a quick kick the leather boot juts out and hits Mukta in the shoulder he juts awake suddenly his eyes blurry I'm up mother I'm up I swear um. we see mm. from his perspective as he looks up trying to focus at the womanly figure standing over him two women stand there hands on their hips an eyebrow raised on each and slowly but surely, the two figures merge back into one. Yin Smara is standing here over Mukta. We need to talk. With a cut, we are later in the morning. Mukta is half awake, a fresh cup of coffee in front of him st- steaming, while Yin Yasmera sips at hers. We're, and like, we're in the middle of the conversation, so we cut in like, It's Carmen look i know we had a deal about getting you the blade but as it turns out it may end up being more of a risk than i'm willing to take but i know where he is she stops to sip her coffee i had tried to warn you Mera,
4: that uh carmen was more of a liability than you seem to think
1: You know, word on the street is that you've gone soft. People are saying you gave up a hundred of your personal gold to this very establishment. You're paying it from the mayor. I never thought I'd see the day where Mukto was willingly parting with his own coin.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, coin can be made and
4: lost. Certain investments, however,
1: uh, may have a greater payout
4: in the end, huh?
1: She, she gives a slight nod and she like kind of like leans in a little bit and she says I should have listened when you said not to go after him we sent uh, two men after him tracked him but uh, they never returned maybe it's time to send your best huh <laughs> she smiles she said well I'd offer to pay you to retrieve the sword for me But since you've got a hole in your pocket I imagine it wouldn't do either of us any good to motivate you I mean
4: You scratch my back, I scratch yours That's always been our way, hasn't it, Mera? I mean, we need the sword You need, uh, Carmen
1: taken care of She, you can see she's like considering something for like a long while and she kind of like finally like breaks her silence as she like locksides with you and she says if you want Carmen he's holed up in smugglers page. it's just past an old abandoned fishing camp about an hour north of here we sent two men after him as I said they didn't return do with that information what you wish I will let you know, there is a bounty on his head out of the garrison. 50 gold if he's brought in, dead or alive. Her empty cup. After this debacle, Carmen is not under our protection anymore. Do what you will. She stands up from the table and starts making her way like kind of towards the door away from you. And as she does, she kind of stops and you see her, she's looking down over a sleeping hell harmony, using his backpack as a pillow, sleeping in one of the booths. She pauses, looking at him for too long, giving a sideways glance back at Yumukta. When this all shakes out, I hope we're still on the same side. Whatever it is you're up to. You can see her hand resting on the hilt of her dagger, a knowing eyebrow raised.
4: We're always on the same side, Meta. As long as
1: you're on my side. <laughs> she that actually gets a laugh out of her, and she likes. She laughs a little bit, nods, and then leaves like the 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 tavern.
0: And,
1: oh. and with a, uh, a a fade, we see all the heroes gathered around the table. Breakfast being put on the table by a smiling Lazda. Uh, here you are friends he says placing the tray of sausage eggs and thick sliced toast on the table players you have the uh, floor here Uh,
3: uh, Clovis do you want to tell them
1: oh
4: thank god I need these sausages that was quite a bit of ale we put down last night yeah um
3: Clovis and I found something out but I've I think that what Clovis has is a little bit more pressing. So, so
2: the book we found with the human skin and the, the skull, mm. it, um, there's a lot of stuff in there about Nimbeloth And didn't read all of it, but it, it seems to be a book that uh, definitely influences people. Probably turns into uh, to, to not so good. But I do believe there may be some good information in there on, to help us.
4: This nymph. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought we were going to fight Belcora.
3: Yeah, but with Belcora, um, and then I relay everything from the from what I read in the journal.
0: Yes.
3: I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel I think that. In order for us to defeat her, we need to figure... We need to find out more about Nimbaloth.
2: Definitely
4: and, and book is a good way to do that, but it's also dangerous. Yeah, um, very pretty dangerous.
3: much. Very, very dangerous.
4: I mean... <laughs> If you're not, if you don't know what you're doing, a dagger is useful and dangerous as well. So, that's a
3: fair
4: point. It's we should be cautious, but I don't think we should just count it out right away. Well, Lara's wondering
2: maybe we should go uh, see Ryn about it. What do, do you, you
5: think? trust? Her? I just need some more water. I think I had too much to drink.
4: You were quite impressive last night, my friend. I I haven't seen anyone drink that much ale.
5: Oh, okay. I had, uh, was going to have a surprised look on my face, but uh, I appreciate the compliment.
2: <laughs> I think he plays his music better when he's drunk, too. Did you notice?
4: I mean... W- it could be he plays better or it sounds better because we're rock I'm not really sure. It could be both. That
3: is a good point. I won't be surprised if it were. There was this, like, song that you started playing. It kind of got a little bit melodramatic. Are you
5: OK? I should be OK. I, I mean, you know, we, we keep going. I become mayor. We take over the town. We have a good time. Why not?
4: He was crying into my shoulder for, like, five minutes at the end of the night. Really? <laughs> Not sure about what. Was <clears> that
2: when you were singing Sweet Caroline?
4: Maybe.
1: All night. That was on loop all night.
5: Sweet <laughs> Caroline. Bam, man. And I start crying and look to the shoulder again. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, so uh, uh, Brother comes over around this point and she's like looking and she sees you guys still have plenty of food on your table and she's just like our stocks are running a little low but like again, I can send special I could send Lazda out to get anything What what can I get you to make your lives better right now? I owe you so much
3: Um, Hal needs water if you have any. Do Do you guys have seltzers? I heard those things help
4: I'm going to need some orange juice, some hot sauce, a raw egg, some, a little bit of ale,
1: and some charcoal.
3: And some Worcestershire.
1: Oddly, she's more... She's, she looks at everything you say, Muktan, and you're like, I can get that. But she looks at you, like, with a seltzer, and she's just like, I wouldn't go talking that kind of city folk words around here. You might lose some of your street cred.
3: Oh, no, I, ju- I used to be poor. And then I used to hear the rich people say that a lot. So I thought I could bring it up. Or I'll keep that. I won't gotcha. say anything
1: else. I'll be right back with, with your hangover cure. And she, Perfect. she uh, disappears. And she actually, Lazda like has to go out of the shop and run around like the town market to scrounge all the things you want. So he's going to be gone for a few minutes getting that free.
5: Can't believe you drink or eat that stuff in the morning. Look, that is terrible. Is that what you do before you come and him? Is that like first breakfast and you come with us I for a second? I wonder breakfast?
3: where it
4: goes. As I'm eating a sausage, I say, I'm not drinking that.
3: Wait, What happened to your rib, by the way?
4: Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I, it appears I'm a bit of a heavy sleeper uh, after I drink that much. But, um, well, uh, Mira came to have a chat this morning. Sorry, Ginius smera, came to have a chat. If, uh, I look around. I know where Carmen is.
5: We need to get that blade. That sword is key for us. I mean, we have everything else that looks great on you, Mildahara, mm-hmm. by the way. And Brooch.
3: Where is he?
4: A place called Smuggler's Run. Not too far from here. Think about it. two days out, Boys in the sky. Is that right? <laughs> uh,
1: it's only about an hour out, actually.
4: No. Oh, sorry. Uh, need more uh, coffee. About one hour away from here.
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it, okay. What she told you? Actually, like, you, you don't know. You're not a local, so you never heard of it. But it's, it's this place that she called Smuggler's Refuge, and she said it's about an hour north. It's just past a uh, abandoned fishing camp.
4: And I relay all that information to them
1: okay and i think as as shares this like you start hearing the description clovis and immediately you who have spent so much time living in these in this forest and knowing the ins and outs you know exactly the place that he's talking about you've chased a couple of like drunk teenagers out of there before that were disrespecting your forest get off
4: my lawn exactly i
2: can kill you
1: (laughs) So,
2: exactly. Yeah, and,
4: uh, Mukta, I know where that's at. Uh, I can meet uh, us. Perfect. Uh, do we have any pressing matters for today?
5: I think the sword is a pressing I matter.
3: Think. Yeah, it's yeah. the only thing that we were that we need. That
4: I, I, I think, think so worked. as well. I mean, we know Carmen's there for now, but uh, I don't want to wait too long. He might. Scurry away like the rat that he is. And I give a like a small smile at that.
3: Uh, you, I think you hung out too much with Otari, Mukta. <laughs> uh,
4: I mean, I have this beautiful lockpick set. I mean, has a pretty good sense of humor. I'm not going to lie.
3: <laughs> he also gave you that disease. That,
4: <laughs> it, that 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 deadpan delivery of his is quite good.
2: I don't uh, think that's see, the first disease Mooka has had before. I don't uh, think that's see, the
4: first it. disease Mooka has had before. Uh, there was something in my youth, but it got, I got that cleared up. So
2: yep. So let's get, our, uh, let's get some food in our bellies and get your hangover medicine and let's go.
1: Cool. Yeah. So is there any other i mean you guys could just right now head off towards carmen that's fine is there any other prep you guys want to do before you hit the road or are we just transitioning straight there i would probably okay. buy some more arrows okay,
2: okay. I I'd imagine potential I, potential. i've lost a few so how's everybody yeah. doing on potions and stuff anybody need anything for like I, that? Think
4: um, yeah. I think
3: oh i'm out <laughs>
1: I, think. I will say here in the Roddy Rockfish, Aurelia has opened her shop. So if you go to the Roddy Rockfish on the town map, you'll see Aurelia's shop with a, all kinds of manner of, a chemical things, including potions and things of a more destructive that... nature. Ooh, actually, do I? I, I don't have any gold. <laughs> yeah. you, you eye across the bar and there's like a pile of gold behind the counter, like eight, yeah. 100 gold just sitting there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh,
4: I'm going yeah, okay. to go to Rin's actually and I've been uh, I have this piece of onyx that I've been keeping just because I,
1: I like the way it looks but I need supplies so I'm going to sell, try to sell that to, to Rin of course so once again you, you show up to Rin and it's still early enough in the morning that actually Rin is still awake and she's about to like get ready to call it for a night kinda mm-hmm.
3: right cause she's a night owl
1: and as you show up, you know, they're getting ready to kind of... She's getting ready to turn it for the night, and um, is kind of getting ready to wake up and take over for the day, and she sees you, and she's just like, if it isn't my favorite Yosoki Mukta, how do the stars treat you, my friend?
4: Oh, they watch over me as always, my friend. How are you, Ren?
1: I am doing... Well... If I said great, I would be lying. So I will say I am doing well. Why not great? Haven't been sleeping well lately. The stars have been... The stars have been unclear about our future. The town's future. Is everything going okay? I I heard the celebrations, I'm assuming. We,
4: uh... We were able to stop the lighthouse
1: for now. That's wonderful. But why for now? We're heading
4: back down. We're, uh, we're going to try to take care of Belcora once and for all.
1: She's, like, pausing and she's, like, drinking this in so she's definitely returned then.
4: Uh I don't know if she's returned or actually never quite left, but um there's something sealed further down in those in that dungeon that uh we need to well break th- through the seal to finally just take care
1: of it. You see her kind of, like, licking her lips, staring at you, listening to your words very carefully. And she says, And any other secrets you need help with?
4: Uh, I mean, I'm an open book. (laughs) No secrets for me. But, um, I'm not that I'm really aware of. I'm more of, you know, kind of the, uh, the blade and and key of this group. I'm not the brains, so... Smarter, smarter people than me might come to you to seek your insights, but uh, I don't really know how to do that information, so...
1: Fair enough. Just want you to be careful down there. Like, I, I can feel something that's... It feels like it's always just on the corner of my vision, something watching me, blocking me, clouding our future.
4: Actually, there is one, one name that came up. I'm not uh, the religious type. I mean, you know. Never been one for worship very much, relying on my own skills. But um, the name came up. What do you know of uh, Nom name Nimboloth? That's Nimbolov. what it was,
1: Nimboloth. Make a perception check for me, Clovis. Sorry, Mukta. God still <laughs> still like... messing you two up in the next wow. campaign. Wow. Is this the the first real role of uh season two? Is hey. It is. This is it.
3: Make it good.
1: Respectable. 22. Average. Ooh, nice. You notice like as you say this, like Rin her breath starts kind of increasing a little bit and gets a little shallow and it's very hard to see but she's trying to like still herself and calm herself something you've said she's she's trying to hide her reaction to your words unsuccessfully is basically what it comes down to and she says well yes Nimbloth, the empty death the outer gods the ones that we've I, I told you the story about the the space between the stars. Do you recall my my tales, my suspicions, my desire to know more? Of course, I remember everything you've said. <laughs> she she uh she says. When I came here, it was my suspicion that Belcora harbored a more intimate connection to Nimbeloth than anybody ever knew. If you found some evidence, some something that can help, please, share it with me.
4: Right, um, like I said, I've just heard the group mention that name that we might need to find out more about this Um that, like you said, Belcora might have a connection to her, that we might be able to, if we know more about it, maybe defeat her more easily.
1: That's but, um, exactly it, right? We need to be able to defend ourselves against the Outer Gods by any means necessary. The secrets must lie in that vault somewhere. Those, The dungeon, Belcora's personal collection. Find so what you can.
4: can. Can I get it? any more of a read on her is that what i'm getting just from that from that role can I, like is there anything else i can try to when she's like asking me like what more do you know does she
1: it, it. she's definitely putting off a keen interest and she's pushing you for more but you get the sense that she's restraining herself from like grabbing you and shaking you and telling saying like tell me everything you know like she's trying to keep it in mm-hmm. check but is it more is she the, do i get the sense that like she's
4: more fearful the one I said Nimbleoth, or more like eager. You like,
1: know what? give me another perception check and we'll see. We'll see what your read on her comes out to be. It's hard to read with her, especially because she's not outwardly displaying her emotions on her sleeve. She could be, you know, a secret Nimbleoth cultist that's here to like find the seekers and resurrect Nimboloth from beyond. And she could be a concerned party she could just be a weird occultist person that's really interested in it for purely the knowledge sake it's hard to tell okay
4: fair enough yeah average rolls
1: yep right middle of the road right so yeah so you know unless there's more you want you can like kind of like transitions into Mm. you being able to buy and sell whatever you want and if you have any more questions for her then she can ask she will say like you know if she's exhausted from the night you know come back at nighttime, and maybe you can sit under the stars and discuss it more. Of course, we're,
4: um, we're actually going to retrieve, uh, Ma'am's sword. So, uh, I was wondering if before you, I know you're going to bed, if you'd be interested in this, um, bit of onyx that I found down below the, the lighthouse.
1: She's interested in it. She says, can you tell me more about it?
4: This is, I believe, a, no longer, uh, but um, I've had this for a while. I think this was yeah. from, I think this was from,
1: uh… It could have be been from sure Borbo's personal flavor. stash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you 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 can go ahead and, you know, she… Mostly, she's interested in it for flavor, because she'd like to put these little trinkets in her shop and, like, mm-hmm. make sure it has a cool story to sell to the next person that comes along. So, yeah, yeah. for sure, you you can sell it to her for 25 gold. Alright. So, I will… There we go. And then I will
4: head back to, uh, the Rock Rockfish. Okay and buy some stuff
1: from there. Okay. And then did you guys, the rest of you guys, able to do your shopping that you wanted, your window shopping and such?
3: I look at both Hal and um, Clovis and just silently show that there's a little part of me that regrets giving away all my money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's it.
1: I find it funny that the one who rejects material possessions is like, nope, I'm keeping my gold. Mushi's, like, playing with a coin in this, like, leafy <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Do you think you can spare, like, four gold? Just for a healing potion? I you get four gold. I will buy it for you. Oh, yeah? Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: The first one was on the house. I bought three. First three were on the house. <laughs> <laughs> Mukta, is Mukta takes three alchemist fire from your shot. Hey, I don't know Aurelia, so... That's... <laughs> Aurelia shot, yeah. <there. laughs> Perfect. You're like, yeah, yoink. That works. Whether it's flavored as you stole it or she gave it to you for free, that'll be for the viewer's <laughs> imagination. Can I put uh, four gold in the party loot for you to grab your potion?
3: Thank you.
1: Okay. Any other like scenes you guys have been dying to have, interactions with each other, or are we ready to get the ball rolling?
3: We're all still warming up. Let's get the ball rolling.
1: Alright. So, there's like a, uh, you know, there's like a little bit of a, a montage as you guys are getting your your gear bought and stuff, and you guys can go ahead and do that. But like what we see is like, you know, the group crossfades and uh, we see the group traveling through the force that has always been present and around Otari, but you guys haven't, outside of Clovis, actually spent a lot of time in it. And as you're traveling through this forest towards Smuggler's Clove, Clovis has kind of taken the lead here. He's home in his element. He's guiding you guys. It's been his home for many years. He expertly navigates this trail that has long become overgrown from unused. And eventually, at about 30 minutes out from the town, Clovis, you kind of stop. You look around and you guys find yourself in a small grove built with the sky open above. There's a stone altar here in the center of this grove, and you see Clovis stopping and sniffing at the air. So Clovis, can you give me a perception check? Let's see if your average rolls is, yep, right there, right in the middle. However, you succeeded on this perception check. The DC was only 20. So what you notice, Clovis, as you look around, you notice that some of the trees in this grove kind of around the shrine seems to be showing signs of rot the same rot you've seen many times in the forest a dark spot is like appearing on the trunks and long black tendrils of rotting wood spindling away from the decaying knot down towards the ground and that unmistakable smell of death and decay in the air that accompanies this rot that you're used to
4: this
2: is not good, guys.
4: What? What's going, what's wrong, Clovis? It's a
3: bark.
2: Yeah, Some. Um, there's death there. Something is, uh, killing this area. I'm not sure what, but something is.
3: is. Do you want to bypass it, or should we, is it safe to go over?
5: You sure that's not your armor? <laughs> no, it is not my armor.
1: You know, clothes like this stuff it's not been dangerous to the touch it's not been the kind of thing that it like hurts you or is poisonous right it's just it's the same thing that you've been dealing with for quite a while something is like rotting okay. the forest
2: so it's the same okay
1: it's the exact um, same stuff you're used yeah. to it's just last time uh-huh. you were here which you know was probably a few weeks if not months ago the grove was not infected this yep. is the first time you're noticing this okay. grove
2: oh uh, this is uh, starting to happen to more and more of the forest this is uh kind of what led me to to you guys trying to figure out what's uh what's causing the death to the forest my belief was it was the the mill the wood mill uh, yeah the after the lumber the re- yeah yeah lumber mill so i believe it uh with the lumber mill but my suspicions now um i believe it has something to do with the uh the lighthouse. Do mm.
4: you think it could be this uh influence of this nimble that you talked of?
2: I believe so now. Like I said, I, I believe that originally we, we thought it was the you know lumber mill and, you know, they were just killing the forest, but uh they do a good job, you know, they've they're planting trees, they're taking care of the forest with the logging. Um so yeah I do believe it uh, could be nimble off or you know something to do with the uh, lighthouse or the vaults so yeah it's not dangerous just uh be careful as we walk through just uh just understand that this is what led me to you guys is this death of the force
4: and yeah. i'm glad we have more knowledge to be able to uh to fight it for now
0: mm-hmm.
5: yeah. yeah did that talk about that uh, in your books that you're reading the, the books you can't put down uh, not yet. I haven't gotten to uh, anything about that yet. Mm.
1: Well, that may be true. However, as you sit here with the book in your possession, you could use some, like, uh, use a sort of exploration downtime activity here to recall knowledge and try to see if there might be something you can ascertain from this grove now that you have a more picture. And if you look at the... Uh, I like it. I have to double check, right? If you look at the uh, book... uh, um, Who's strong enough to carry
3: uh, two bulk? Uh, I can carry it. We can switch, and then I show Bulkhor's journal.
1: Okay. So one of the things... With a 10-minute action, you can get a plus-two item bonus to skill checks to recall knowledge about Nimbaloth, her faith, or creatures associated with her. Like it. So as long as you can spend 10 minutes of time with the book open looking for something... Absolutely.
2: We can take, uh, we can take some time and let's do this.
1: Of course. But,
4: I mean, recall knowledge seems like a waste of time, no one should ever do that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> recall knowledge is good. Knowledge is always good.
1: So, as as Clovis sits down with the book to kind of see if there's anything in here that could answer his questions about what's going on with the grove, that gives, like, ten minutes for the rest of you guys to kind of do what you will within this grove. Is there anything you guys would like to do? We're on the path, right? Heading towards
4: uh, Smuggler's Refuge.
2: hmm Yeah, yes. we're about a half hour out.
4: I'm just going to look around to see if there's any tracks on anything that I can spot, or…
1: Good idea. Okay. Why don't you give me a perception check? With guidance from HAL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Good Luck Friend with the arm going out is yep. your, like, yep. international symbol for guidance, so… <laughs> right 24. down the middle. Did you get the guidance in there? You did. Yeah, I did. That's circumstance bonus plus one, I see. Okay. So as as you do this, um, you start looking for tracks. You definitely do find a set of tracks that travel like through here. Um, it comes into the grove. It looks to be like about a day old. The size of the tracks, they're definitely human. They fit what you might expect Rajani, or no, sorry, Carmen Rajani to have. And like it, it kind of comes in and you see it gives like a wide berth around the altar at the center of the grove before it continues on the other side and it gets a little muddled because uh you know there's molt there's other like two other sets of footprints that seem to be mm-hmm. kind of following along the track exactly what I all- expect from, uh, exactly yeah. everything's what you expect three sets of footprints it seems like you're on the right track nothing out of the ordinary here okay. what you'd expect
4: I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't another like one set of threats
1: suddenly going away. <laughs> Not that you can see, everything looks to be on the up and up. All right, that's what I've been doing for ten minutes. Okay, Hal or Nulara, anything? Clovis, you can go ahead and make me that recall knowledge nature check.
3: What you doing there, Hal?
1: I'm
5: just uh...
3: twenty-eight.
1: Well, technically it's thirty because you get a plus two bonus because oh. of the book. That's right. Oh, it's a 30. 30. 30. So, 30. Go, go ahead, Nina and uh, or Nulara and and how
5: you're trying to what? Sorry, not to throw up on my uh, shoes here. That was terrible stuff that Mukta gave me. I think he was playing a trick on me. Have you ever heard of something like that?
3: Uh, I remember taking stuff like that. I didn't really drink too much last night.
5: I usually have it, but they cook it for breakfast.
3: Oh, I thought you were talking about the drinks, not the breakfast. Yeah, no, I didn't touch that stuff. I've never heard of that. I've heard of this thing called like a bloody Mary. it's like you get some tomatoes and then you punch it into a pulp, put some water in it, maybe like a bit of ale.
5: Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about the ghosts and the punching and stuff.
3: No, I feel like I feel like we're <laughs> talking about two different things here, how?
1: Okay, I'll be okay.
3: Here, here, drink some more water.
1: <laughs> yeah, as that comes to a close, right, close. You, you're with your book, you're turning, you're, you're reading through all these parables. You can feel, like, the influence, the words, the book is, like, washing over you. And this is definitely a critical success, thanks to mm. the the bonus of the book, right? And 20, so. those special dice I'm rolling. Thank you, Roll Smith. <laughs> Um, So you make a connection with, with the... Um, looking at the the trunks looking at the trees everything is like decaying and the thing you find here in the book that's most interesting is there's this talk of like nimble manifesting like nimble is like a seven like a seven armed creature with like seven fingers on each hand and the sort of like fractal sort of like number seven that repeats itself and it talks about like those seven spots being almost like a a sign that that's Nimbloth influence on the region and knowing this and like taking another look at the grove and looking around you do indeed find exactly seven trees in this grove infected with this like black sort of mossy connection and you know it basically you can trace all seven of those infections back through the ground and they kind of the seven combine into one and it seems to like kind of converge right around this shrine in the center of the grove and one of the things it talks about in addition to like the seven and the the sort of like fractals number seven is this like sense of like a green moss similar to the moss on the cover of the book similar to the moss you've seen deep below the abomination Vault, and so uh you feel like maybe this moss might be like an anchor point for the uh the infection itself
2: so, obviously, I relay what I read in the book
1: to
4: the group.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, his presence is definitely here.
4: So, can on... we just burn the moss or something? I'm not.
3: Yeah. Oh, wait. Mokta, what if we do that and end up causing like a forest fire?
4: Right. Look, I'm from a desert. We didn't have much trees. So,
3: <laughs> that's fair.
4: Just about then, I turn into my bear
2: and be like, "True, prevent forest
4: fires." <laughs> <laughs> turn back out of my bear form. Perfect use focus point. You know what? When when you're talking in that form, all we hear is rah 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 rah. Yeah. Okay. But he has okay. subtitles,
1: is not he? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So, do we know anything further on that? Or,
1: I mean, that's what, what you've I learned think? based okay. on the book, based on this. It, it's. It'll all go back to this sort of, you know, Nimbaloth spreads its influence. It spreads out to a focus point, and that focus point breaks off to seven focus points, and that focus okay. point spreads off to seven, seven and that more. spreads off to seven, and okay. it's just constant, like, exponential growth of, like, influence going out. And so, around here somewhere, you would expect there to be one of these anchor points. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. So, definitely no, uh is his, the poison of my, my forest.
5: So do we come back here yeah. after the, uh go visit the uh, Karman and then try to figure yeah. it out or do we uh, do it now? Yeah. And...
2: No, I so say we get the sword and uh, we have to some more studying to do on how to, uh, like he said, learning the mosque may be good, may be bad. We need to learn more, but let's yeah okay. uh, let's go get that sword.
1: Alright. So you pack up the book, you slide it into your bag and you guys continue on the half an hour journey towards smugglers refuge and uh yeah i mean the rest of it goes pretty uneventful uh you are able to kind of follow these tracks that you found clovis and it tracks pretty well with what you know mook just following the tracks Clovis is leading at one point the tracks kind of do a weird thing where they like do like a stop and like a double back And then in your mind, Mukta, as you follow this, it's very obvious they were trying to cover their tracks, but they were not doing the best of jobs, but they at least made an effort to hide their tracks. And uh, eventually you, you know, sink back up. And before you know it, you're outside of a cave. So there's a wide cave opening leading into rocky hills, sheltered by a stone overhang dense trees and berry bushes grow near a few logs which are set almost like a campsite around a well-used fire pit Clovis has been here many a time popping out in bear form to chase like unruly teenagers out of out of his swamp sorry for us so what would you guys like to do you're kind of sitting at the edge of the forest you're looking at it just at a glance, right, there's no sign that anyone's here. The fire pit is not going, it's definitely, like, cold right now. It's, I mean, there's no active flame, you can't feel the heat from here, I don't think. And then, the, you know, the logs are kind of arranged, and there's this, like, kind of darkened cave.
3: Hmm. You guys want to do this stealthily? Because I think the garrison might have underestimated Rajani a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to make the same mistake.
5: Maybe Mukta should go have a look. Perhaps we can see something? Like traps or something?
1: yeah, so, you guys are all crouched having this conversation about how to proceed. I can okay. go and scout the area a bit. Maybe get
5: the layers of the land, and how many people would uh, walk through here? Isn't that your saying? Like track Z, tracks through the desert or the dirt?
4: Ah, uh, tracks sometimes don't keep so well in the sand of the desert, but, uh… I can go in and see, take a look, see what, uh, Carmen might have prepared against, uh, unwanted visitors, at least.
2: I can always send Mushi in too, uh, I can't see through him, but I can feel. maybe get a fill if there's anybody in the cave.
4: Ah, <sighs> how quiet can Mushi be?
2: Quiet, he can fly, he'll just fly up and be quiet.
3: I mean, do you want mm-hmm. us to wait out? We can wait out here.
4: Is it So, is there any, uh, lights coming from the cave, or is it completely dark?
1: It's not completely dark, because it's still, like, midday or, like, still, like, midday or early morning, and the way the cave's angled, the light definitely kind of goes in and fills it up. Mm-hmm. It looks like you'd be able to see inside without any sort yeah. of light.
2: she has dark vision, too, so he can go in a dark cave and
1: be able to get a sense. You still do have shared senses with Mushi, right? Uh, I do.
4: Maybe me and Mushi go together. That sure. way, if I get in a tough spot, you know what's mm-hmm. happening.
2: I'll come and get you. Okay. Good idea.
1: Okay. So, Mushi and Clovis had to sneak up ahead? No, Bukta. Bukta. Buk- 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 oh yeah that's right Clovis but is Clovis going to go into Mushi? yeah so Clovis you just see his eyes kind of glass Clovis over Clovis in Mushi and yep. Mukta both. And now- got it okay so that's what happens uh, you 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 know Clovis you kind of lose sense of the, the world around you you know someone like has to steady you because you lose all sense of your body and the next thing you know you're blinking through this tiny flying leafy creature right like yeah. eyes locked with uh, with Clovis like, you actually, uh, you look back at yourself, and it's surreal to see yourself standing there. And then you turn, and you look up, and, you know, moved it for the first time. You're taller than one of your companions. <laughs> so why don't you guys give me two rolls as we move? What is your exploration activity you guys are taking here? I mean, avoid notice. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. So why don't you both give me stealth checks? But once again, I am always, also, always looking yes. for traps. You are always... Looking for traps, that is a good... Oh my god. Really, no. Mushi? Really? Uh, uh, Mushi one. with a natural one.
3: Hero point.
1: Yep, I'll use it. Catching that hero point. A. I'm going to use my hero point as well. <laughs> okay. Catching that bonus hero point. from the ro- oh. oh my gosh. Let's start this campaign off with double natural ones. Mushi, you're
2: do something. God damn it. <laughs>
1: I'm
4: not, well, I'm going to keep that one because Mushi got the natural one anyway.
1: <laughs> okay. That's because he was walking. Now he's going to fly. He'll awesome up. set of rolls, guys. So, as, as we step in, right? So, Mukta, you, you flutter into the cave, or sorry, Mushi's <laughs> fluttering. Clovis is in his eyes. Mukta is stealthily doing the like sneaky thing you move in on on kind of like the mouth of the cave and what happens is um you see just in around the bend as you get closer there's two bodies lying there dead just in the front of the cave like you go in the mouth of the cave there's like this sort of little chamber in there and you can see the two bodies just laying on the ground (laughs) the area is full of like stalagmites and stalactites from like a few inches to a few feet in length and and it's just this this cave, you know, natural system with the two dead bodies. And you, you know, you're giving it a look. It looks completely untrapped and ready to go. All right. I think you guys move in, like, carefully, as stealthily as possible. And two things happen at the same time. Because, Mukta, I did roll a Trap Finder check for you. Congratulations, we've had our first Trap Finder check. Nice! In the campaign, I think that it, it actually but, uh you rolled a uh, oh, don't tell me you, fell. you rolled a 16 it was a four on the dice I am sorry um and well, then that
4: okay how c- would I be able to use a hero point on that
1: uh you could catch in your last hero point if you want
4: uh I think yeah I don't want to set off any traps I'm going to cash it in yeah. this
2: whole campaign you've not had a trap and you're going roll
1: like, me up an active perception check you gotta you gotta do it, a, oh, got right. it. point are you saying, are you, are you calling for a natural one there, pal? 27. Oh, okay. okay, 27. First. So at the last second, something in the back of your head kicks in. It's the, it's the Rollsmith whispering in your ear, like says, watch where you're stepping. And you look down and there's this very almost imperceptible thin wire going across the cavern that you stop. You were just about to trip it and like you stop yourself right before you trip it and you take a look and you're kind of like following the wire it goes back to the wall it goes up and kind of nestled in the stalactites and stalagmite or the stalactites at the top you see almost like a pail like a bucket and it's full of like random metal debris so you feel like this is probably some sort of alarm system I'm going and you've to luckily manage managed not to step up all right, this is something we can easily avoid. So it is, it's pretty hard to see. So you can either do one of two things. You can either disable it or, you know, step over it and, you know, point it out to everyone else so they can, like, try to step over it. You were the try. Right. I'm going but to try In that to disable moment, it. when you're running through the calculations in your head about disabling it or what this or that, Clovis in Mushi's body, who's, like, kind of flying and trying to stay hidden bumps like, like the tight at the top, and one of the small ones breaks and falls down and hits the ground and makes a loud echo that kind of like echoes and reverberates through this cave, And that's the natural one style. I'm sorry. Damn it. As I'm like
4: I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going well I have this whole scenario planned in my head. We're going to disarm the trap. I'm going to motion for to Mushi Clovis to have everyone follow in. We'll sneak in, surround Carmen unawares at the campfire, ambush him, and then suddenly
1: <laughs> Yeah. And as the loud banging happens and you like <laughs> are like <laughs> right. You hear like a like kind of a startled like almost a metal Gear Solid noise like the <clears throat> from deeper into the cave. And you hear like some scrambling noises and some movement. Whatever was in this cave is now aware of your presence. Mm-hmm.
4: I just, I just look toward Mushi knowing that Clovis is seeing in him, and I'm just motioning for, like, ev- every, like, everybody, let's go. Yep. No more elements of surprise. So.
2: Yep. I'm shining so, my yep. so at that point, uh, I uh, come back in my body,
0: tell
4: mm-hmm. the group. So and I'm Mukta also going to the... try to disarm this alarm,
1: as well, yeah. just because I don't she's...
4: want...
2: Right, so Mooshy's still in there with the the uh, group, now let's
1: go. Yep, go ahead and make um... a thievery check for me, real quick, Mukta, as you try to... You're basically trying to snip the wire and tie it off in a way that it won't trigger the trap. Uh, 24. Four is... Oh my god, it's actually just enough to fail. Oh, Carmen's D.C. is
3: twenty
1: five. Oh, oh, Yeah. Carmen's wow. not bad at this, so it works. You you snip it, you tie it off and you set it down and you're like you, you get like, like this path clear. So you're like, oh, I'm done. And you turn around and like just as you tied it off, the thread just loosens a bit and falls. The pail at the top falls loose the bucket hits the ground and tiny shards of metal metal and uh bells and anything loud hits the ground and just echoes that makes it much louder than it was before if they weren't aware of your presence they definitely are now and all of like it's comical right you're sitting there and like you turn around Mukta, and right behind you it hits the ground and there's like 30 seconds of like more noise after <laughs> more noise after more noise and just when you think it's done Another noise. (laughs) Yeah, there's one more. So, players, you find yourselves in Smuggler's Refuge trying to sneak up on your prey. Instead, you have been loud. Your sneakiest part, your sneakiest members have both, you know, making mistakes. And in the end, it appears that you have alerted, presumably, what is Carmen Rajani to your presence. What is your next move? Adventures. Heroes of a <laughs> There's one more like ding 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 happening. <laughs> yeah. You guys all came in, so you're all inside the cave now. Yeah, so you're in inside the cave, right? There's this stalactites and stalactites in this room. There's an alcove to the north that looks like a small pool of a like, clear water and then there's the two dead bodies here. Like, you step in right now, you guys become aware for the first time of the two dead bodies just lying on the floor. I'm going to go to the nearest uh, stalagmite and try to get out of any visual range. Yeah, instantly duck out of view, right? Taking the avoid notice exploration activity. Perfect.
3: Can I take the uh, scout exploration activity? Just keeping my eyes peeled, seeing if there's any movement.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you're using scouting for this yeah. upcoming.
3: Plus two, everyone else's initiative.
1: Okay, awesome. Clovis and I'm going to uh, avoid notice. Okay. And how?
5: Uh, detect magic. What's this going on in here? Is there any magic?
1: You put up like a pulse of detect magic. What's the range on it? I think it heightens now, so you actually get to learn the school of the magic effect, right? Mm-hmm. It is heightened third, so that is true. So you learn the school magic for the highest level effect within range. So it's still it's still a 30-foot emanation. So boom, in this small area, the Salagd Mite and tight cave, uh nothing magical comes up.
5: Hmm. Okay. These so dead people learn on magic, so I think we should be good. And uh Lucy is on the uh stag type.
2: I'm on the might and he's on the tight tight. So
1: you guys have a marching order for moving into the next room?
3: Uh, I will be in... I mean, I don't know where everyone else is they're hiding, except for how.
1: Right. I mean, you saw generally, you know that they are kind of hiding in this area. They're not hiding from you, right? So you're kind of aware of their presence for now. But you know that everyone's generally behind you. like Clovis and Mukta are hiding and kind of following your lead, I guess. Especially if you're scouting ahead. Yep to give yeah. them the initiative. Bonus.
3: Yeah, I'll be around, like, 15, 20 feet away from Hal, just in front of everyone where I think everyone else is hiding.
1: Okay. So you move into this sort of, like, cave here, right? As you step into this cave, right, it's the smugglers hideout. Rotted crates, forgotten clothes, other debris suggest that this cave is occasionally used but rarely cleaned. Another cold campfire surrounded by logs sits at the cave's center. Faint smell of mildew and a familiar scent for you guys of smoke hangs in the still air. And for just a moment, you're transformed back to the Cult of the canker and the fire you started deep underground. And again, the fire started at the Dawnflower Library. And now the smoke here in the cave. Um, and so you step in, you know, looking, you're on the alert, right? You're scouting, you're trying to see if, if you could find anything. At me, imme- like, as you move in here immediately, you don't actually see anything. But at this point, I do need to have everyone do me a favor. Players, can you roll initiative for me?
5: Ooh, Uh-oh. Season 2. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
1: First comment, make sure you guys get to add a plus 2, is it? Uh, yeah. Mular? plus two to whatever you roll. Uh, I'll add it if it makes a difference in the initiative order.
5: Is it a circumstance? Or status? Because we have, uh, incredible initiative. So, that is a circumstance bonus for me and Mukta.
3: Sorry guys, it's only plus one.
1: Okay, so it's a plus one.
3: Circumstance bonus.
1: Circumstance. So does that stack with... You guys have a status one, Hal? Or what was your better bonus?
5: Incredible initiative is a circumstance bonus of plus two.
1: And yours, Nina, is a circumstance so of plus, plus one?
3: Plus one circumstance, yeah.
1: So it doesn't stack. No. It does for Clovis though. Okay, so. Okay. So I added the plus two to Clovis. I'll add, you know, I can add the plus two to uh to everyone's just to be uh thorough about it. But here's what happens. Begin combat. So at the start of combat, new Lara, you're looking, you know, you're looking, you have, you know, you rolled the 17 for your perception and initiative. So you're looking, any sign of Carmen, you know someone's here, you know, you've heard something, you felt something. It's a dead-end cave that doesn't look like there's anywhere else for anything to go. And in that moment, Carmen Rajani, who is using a Void Notice and using stealth for his initiative, jumps out from behind a crate. Like he's hiding behind a crate, right? And immediately, from out of nowhere, a giant flying hammer, like a throwing, a light throwing hammer, almost like Thor, flies out and catches you off guard, (laughs) Nulara. And um, Karma Rajani pops out, and he, an unfortunate side effect, I will say, when I dragged this token to the board, his name was populated as racist. Karma Rajani didn't seem completely out of character for him. That's okay. But here's the thing. He has a special ability called Surprise Attacker. Mm -hmm. On the first round of combat, creatures that haven't acted yet are flat-footed to Carmen. So, Nulara, you are currently flat-footed as Carmen Rajani throws his hammer at you.
3: Do I get to use the reaction still,
1: though? Uh, You probably do have a reaction, yeah. Okay. Uh, He rolls... It's a 24 to hit you.
3: Okay, because I have my reactive shield.
1: Okay. So your your AC is 22, right?
3: Uh, yes, it's 22. And so
1: it's 22, and then your your bonus takes it, your reactive shield takes it to 24, right?
3: No, because I'm flat-footed, yeah?
1: Yeah, so then the flat-footed it takes it back <laughs> down to 22, so it's going to hit, but you can absorb the blow, right? Yeah. Is that how that works? Okay.
3: Oh, wait, no, I can't and gain your shield's bonus to AC. No, the, I just gained the bonus. The oh, way. so
1: you can use your reaction?
3: To raise okay, it. Okay,
1: I see, to raise it. it's not. It doesn't seem like it's gonna help you in this case, right? No. Okay, so Carmen hits you. Uh, it's not a, a critical hit. He throws the hammer, flings out. He does get the sneak attack damage on you. Actually, it didn't do the sneak attack damage. Uh, why didn't it do it? Come on, Carmen. Anyways, he he deals an extra two d6 damage to precision damage. So in total, you take seven plus eight for fifteen points of damage new Lara. As he pops out, whoosh, hits you with the hammer.
3: Ah, there you are.
1: And then like a blur, right? Faster than you would think, you like you get hit like in the side of the face with the one hammer, and you look back and there's a second one following right behind.
3: <laughs> like Thor.
1: Uh, this one's going to have the multiple attack penalty. Oh my god, Carmen rolls a natural one. Nice! Hey, we'll take it. let's
4: do those fails in chat.
1: Yep, <laughs> Mukta fails in chat for good ol' uh, good old Carmen Rajani. So, with the second action, he does that. With his third action, he takes cover behind the crate. And that's his turn. And as he's throwing these at you, and as he's yelling at you, he's yelling, uh, and he's like, YOU'LL NEVER TAKE ME ALIVE! Alright,
4: Clovis. <laughs> Good. That's not our plan anyway.
1: <laughs>
4: First one, Ooh,
2: new spell is gonna throw a fireball at his ass. So that's a DC twenty-one, basically. Oh jeez. Right.
3: Okay. On that.
1: So yeah, it's a 20 burst, so it's gonna be like this. <laughs> oh shit. That's fine. It catches it catches just him and that whole like area. So he needs to make the reflex save. So a seven plus whatever his reflex save is. His reflex save is a uh, plus 19, actually. So that makes it Jeez. a 26. So you damage. roll 18, get me all excited, and then... Well, I rolled a seven plus his 19 makes it 26. So that's a, a success. So he still takes half save. Yeah, right. so he still yes. takes half damage. So unroll the damage. Okay, so see. he takes After half that. a 17. He There's, gets damage uh, for eight points.
2: Eight.
1: Yep. Yep. And also as this, right? This is the first time we see you cast a spell, so close. Explain to us how your fireball looks and acts and how you cast it. Yep. You see me, I'll take my hands and just see me rare black back, and I have this big old fireball in my hand, and I just throw it right at him. And in the incinerating blast, not only does, like, the whole room, like, end up, uh, like, after the explosion happens, right? Uh, the beds, the campfire, the logs or surrounding it. Everything is engulfed, and everything begins burning. Uh, and he takes eight points of damage.
2: Um, okay, um, and then I will take cover behind a
1: stag. The lag uh, my... Okay, so you're taking cover. Perfect. All right, takes us to Hal. So I uh, rolled a
5: fifteen originally in my. So I'm going to go ahead and delay till after Nulara.
1: Oh, did you re-roll it?
5: Yeah, because I was not on the screen.
1: Got Yeah. Okay, so we'll delay you to after Nulara. Let me update that to lower than Nulara. Perfect. Okay, Mukta, you're actually next.
4: All right. Not really sure what's going on here.
1: I will, uh... You just know there's a loud fire explosion ringing out in the case. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Mm, let's see movement here
1: so you're moving across the open space so unless you're sneaking then he's gonna see you right let's see I was there right I can
4: move here Mm -hmm. and can't really do much and I wouldn't be able to see him from there right
1: Uh, not from here, no.
4: Is there... Are the stalagmites here? Are they enough to get cover? They are. So, could I have moved there instead and try to hide?
1: Yeah, so you can sneak to there. So, make your stealth check as you... Technically, you're still hidden with your 28 from the start. So, yeah, I'll just say you move to there and you're kind of still covered by the stalagmites. That's fine.
4: Okay, Uh, so would he
1: be flat-footed against me then? Are you going to make an attack? Yes. Uh, you beat his perception. Alright. He is flat-footed in your attack, but he also has the plus 2 from the take cover activity he took on his turn. So That's his fine. AC is going to be exactly the same, but your your attack does trigger. Your fl- sneak attacks do trigger. Alright. So I'll
4: Bring it quickly on. draw my shortbow. No. <sighs> really?
3: Really?
1: 20 is gonna miss. <sighs> right into the crate. Boom. Sticks into the crate in front of them.
4: And then um my third action I will just hide try to hide once again behind these uh
1: stalagmites. Sure. Make that uh make that stealth check. And Man, we're uh,
4: rolling terribly.
1: Yep. Yeah. Twenty-five. Rolling, rolling middlingly is really. Even yeah, my really damage only like two. Uh, all right up next is new lara
3: and get on this space
1: oops might be changed time for uh yeah you can get on that space bed is caught on fire so you'd be wedging yourself next to a flaming bed as long as you don't get like knocked down onto the flaming bed it's probably fine okay there's enough space just know that you are wedging yourself between carmen and a burning bed like if Uh, he knocks you back onto that space you might have problems
3: i totally forgot about that burning bed okay So let's see here. I will, for my first two actions, use the 50 feet of movement to get here. Okay. Would would the logs be burning?
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, the logs are on fire, but not enough. Like, you can step over them, you can go random. You have, you know, 50 feet of movement to get there, and it only costs you 30. You have plenty of, like, plenty of ability to step around this.
3: Wants to come in, he can. All right. So, um, I know he's taking cover behind this crate.
1: Yeah, he's, like, using the crate, wedging himself behind the crate in the wall and using it as cover, yeah.
3: Can I stand on the crate and try and hit him?
1: <laughs> you can't get on the same square as him, technically. You can't attack him, right? There's nothing stopping you from attacking him. He's just going to have plus- a plus two bonus to his AC. Okay. You could kick the crate out of the way or destroy the crate as your action and get rid of the potential for cover. Uh...
3: But- no, I'll, I'll do this one.
1: <laughs> Alright.
3: So with hey. my blade, I am going to attack him.
1: Make sure you target him.
3: Oh! 30, I tried.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, target him before you roll the damage so you get the cool animations. 30 is going to hit.
3: Perfect. So that would be… Even
1: through his cover.
3: 14 nice. points of slashing damage.
1: All right. Ugh, you cut down the front of Carmen and you draw blood from him.
3: Okay. And then for my third action, I am going to raise my shield. Okay. Actually, no. Sorry. Can I take that back? For my third action, I'm going to um, hit the crate that he's hiding behind uh, from yeah. him.
1: Yeah. You want to try to destroy the crate? Yeah. yeah. Make that. Make With that it attack. attack. It's at a. It's at a. Um, does your sudden charge count as a double attack penalty or no?
3: Oh, no, it's just one attack.
1: Okay, perfect. Then go ahead and make that attack at the Come fight on, penalty. 17 is mm. enough to hit a crate. Okay. Roll damage. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm hitting a crate. <laughs> Blow it up. And it's oh, on 15. fire.
2: And it's on fire. So.
1: so, yeah, I think 15, like, bam, you smash through the, like, the burning embers of the crate, shh, like, fly out. Carmen Johnny no longer has cover from this, like... Previously, like, empty, moldy, burning crate. It's it's destroyed, no problem. We
3: don't have to do this. Just give us back the sword. That's the end of my turn.
1: Okay. And that takes us to how. Don't we, though? Don't we?
5: Dead or
4: alive. <laughs> dead or alive. <laughs> All
5: right, I want to uh, cast uh, Inspire Courage with uh, Lingering Composition.
1: Perfect. Make that check. I think the DC at this level is now 20 performance performance level based dc's at level one at level five it's 20 yeah nice 29 29 is a success one off a critical success
5: three rounds
1: so you guys can have three rounds of that fire courage to you
5: uh then i want to stride over here and uh is take cover one action i want to take cover if that is the case
1: it is take cover is one action you just get behind some sort of cover and then you take cover yeah so you move there and then you actually physically take cover that makes sense okay all right that takes us to racist carmen rajani your stealth was a 25 at the end of your turn right mukta yes so yeah you're you've beat his perception so you say like all we need is the blade right and as he like he he draws the blade out as he looks at you, Nilar, and he says, "You want my birthright? I'll give you my birthright." And he like does this like flourishing move and he tries to bring it down and strike you. Okay. I hear that and I hear, was it his or Mamhems? I'm I'm confused now. <laughs> That's a 32 to hit. 19. Uh, Not a crit because you raised your shield, right?
4: Uh oh.
3: I'm gonna use my reaction to raise my shield, so it doesn't did, did
1: you not raise it at the end of your turn? Oh, no, you no. did. You're right. No, she busted the crate instead. Perfect. So in this case, you do use your reaction like uh oh. You get your shield at the last second to raise your AC to turn it from what would have been a pretty strong killing critical hit.
3: Thinking of yourself for the first time in it ever.
1: I think what happens is you get your shield up, and he drives the blade against your shield, and this is like your new kind of like sturdy shield, right? And his strength, as you see his muscles bulge between his sleeveless sort of like arms, you're seeing, you're feeling his like strength, all that blacksmithing come through, and he fights his way. He's so strong. He pushes through your shield, and the blade still catches you in your shoulder. So you are going to take uh, damage. You take 21 points of uh, of slashing damage okay so then uh let's see is there any other cool abilities he has here i think what he does next is he actually strides away from you Nulara, because you destroyed his cover
3: mm-hmm.
1: so he's going to stride back away from you which does trigger an opportunity attack because you do have it and he
3: doesn't i used my reaction you used your reaction pretty you're pretty right true. yeah
1: okay so he moves away from you, and you're so busy like trying to shield yourself, you're not able to get an attack roll. And he stands like right here. And uh, Clovis is not hidden. You have taken cover, but you have not like stealthed. And so he's got a bead on you, Clovis. Or not, not? Yeah, Clovis. He's standing right next to you, Mukda. He, he's standing right over you. Right. Mm-hmm. You're crouched low, and you're trying to hold your breath. He doesn't appear to notice you, as he looks right over the top of you. And, like, you're sweaty, Clovis, and you see him, and you blink. And in that quick blink, he's doing this quick strike motion. Like, he's doing this ability, which is called Sudden Throw. So I need you to make a perception check, Clovis.
3: Come on, Clovis.
1: 25. So you are not caught flat-footed by this attack. You see it coming. He does not get the sneak attack damage on you. Uh, But he does target you with a... uh, what do you call his light hammer attack at a at a penalty? So that's a nineteen total with your armor class it's and the cover 20. provided. Not even close.
3: Nice.
1: All right, and that's the end of Clovis's turn, and and oh sorry, that's the end of Rajani's turn, and he's again, you know. This is my sword. I took what's rightfully mine. And Clovis, it's your turn.
2: All right. Now he uh, targeted me. I'm like. All right, I'm going to use another spell I haven't used yet. I'm going to try it and I'm going to cast lightning bolt at him. Again, it's a DC 21, which we know he's got a 19. So roll it.
3: He needs a natural one or basic reflex. Oh, one
2: got it as long as he doesn't critically succeed. So he can at least take, so you're doing a lightning bolt. Here's,
1: here's the thing I will say, right? 120 foot lines, right? So it shouldn't hit. It would hit uh, me. It's going through it's it's it, for uh, this per this lane, it's not hitting Mukta, but it's going right through Carmen and it's hitting Nular who's right behind uh, him. Oh,
2: well, because it goes 120 feet, even if it's I a,
1: Oh yeah, him, it's, it's going through. it hits everything gotcha. in that in that Okay. Lane. Well, if you I'll move, move to... can't you move here and do it? Yeah, you can come out of cover and do it, but then you're exposing yourself, right? Yep. Um So, so that's up to you. That's a, that's a tough choice to make, right? No, position
2: I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hold that because it's you know again learning the spells right so i'll just do sudden bolt. okay which will come straight down on top of him.
1: all right a, a basic reflex i like that he's got a uh he's got a 19 a plus 19 right uh so a 16 plus 19 that's a critical success he dodges your your damage again I'm sorry, but the, the like, lightning starts tingling. You can feel it in the back of his head. Something about him. He like, takes a step to the side, and the bolt hits right where he was a second ago. Completely misses him.
2: Um, I'll uh, raise my shield. Okay.
1: Razor shield it is. Mukta, the lightning All bolt right. is right near you. You're crouched you're low. He has not noticed you. He's right next to you. Right. I'm going to drop my short bow.
4: That's a free action right? It is. I'm not going to use quick draw. I'm going to use an action to pull out the dagger of venom. okay I'm going to use an action to activate
1: it okay
4: and then I'm going to strike him with it
1: Do it put that in chat. we, we tried this last time it didn't work because yes we did Alec was immune but I'm pretty sure Carmen's just a, just a dude. So you make the attack, right? You you've interacted it. So now, if you hit him with the poison, he's gonna be affected by it. So you have to make the attack, and it has to connect. Yes. All right, make the attack. I believe in you. Oh my god. No. Well, a twenty-five is a miss. It's flat-footed though against. But he is flat-footed, and that's why it makes it a hit. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, baby. I think you 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 don't get a nice solid blow on him, but you like pop out from your hiding spot and like get him right across the ankle. No, or at this right? point I'll take a regular hit. <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly. So yes, that hits. Okay, so go ahead and roll damage. The poison's going to take effect on him. So that's eighteen points of damage he takes. Yes. Um he's going to make the save. It's a fortitude save mm-hmm. against the poison. He gets a twenty five and the DC on that is twenty one. Twenty one. So he is not affected by the poison. I'm sorry yep had to try it but that's Um, all three actions right right. that's all three actions yep and you're now like he like "Ah, i cut him and he looks like down at you and he sees you for the first time just like kind of looking up with like a a nice soft exposed target all right new lara
3: okay first action i am going to stride over these logs
1: Right across. Oh, if you do that, you're going right across the burning fire, right? I mean, like, I'm going
3: to go around.
1: <laughs> you have enough movement. I think it's fine. Yeah. Just jump over it. We should actually measure that to see because <sighs> diagonals get a little tricky. So here, here, here. That's 20 feet of movement. You're good.
3: Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, And then for my second action, I am going to try and hit him with my longsword.
1: He is flanked by Mukta. So he's Perfect. flat-footed.
3: So, that would
1: be 23. Dang. Uh, 23 is a miss. Even if he wasn't actually, flanked and flat-footed, the 23 is a hit.
3: Oh, perfect.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. His AC is not 25 <laughs> like I thought it was. His AC is actually 26. Oh, so, it I is? am sorry. It misses. So, you could hero point it if you want.
3: Uh, Yeah, I'll use a hero point.
1: Perfect. 25 is just not enough. So you're about to strike and something tells you try again. You hear like like a warm embrace, like, no, oh, there. Yeah, tw- that's gonna be enough. 26 is a hit. Uh
3: 17 points of damage.
1: Boom. Karma Rajani takes 17 points of damage as you right across his back you catch him. By surprise.
3: It's for the town. Giving us giving us the blade is for the town. And then for my third action, I'm going to raise my shield.
1: Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That takes us to Hal.
5: All right. Uh, I will straight over one so I can see what's going on. I see Carmen Rajani's there. So I'm going to go ahead and use a second level telekinetic maneuver. to See if I can. Mm, I'm not really sure how disarm works. So I'm going to try to do that so I know.
1: Yep. So we're going to look up the disarm rules
3: um i think i have
1: that so uh the target you attempt an athletics check against the targets reflex dc but in this case i'm pretty sure the teleconnect maneuver uh, lets you do it as a um spell attack right yeah you use the spell so make your attack roll you've got to beat his uh reflex dc we already know he has a high reflex dc so i'll tell you you need to get a 29 with your spell attack to disarm carmen richvani well, let's find out.
0: <gasps> oh, 23.
1: Uh, you like, the telekinetic universe juts out. You you see his arm go and like, almost like, leave his arm, but he like, holds onto it and brings it back in at the last second.
5: Reroll using a hero point.
1: Okay, let's yeah, go. hero point it. Let's do it. <laughs> there we go! First National 20 of Book 2, Season nice. 2. Nice. <laughs> let's go! So, That's in nice. that moment, Ah, the the blade, the cooperative blade shoots out of his hand, uh, clings to the ground, like, at his feet, like, uh, it kind of falls between him and new Lara. We both
3: look at each other.
1: (laughs) Right. There's that moment, like, where you're both looking at it right at your feet.
5: Yeah. Yep. (sighs) Unfortunately, you have to, he is next, and that is, God! but he has to. Does he have to move. pick it up? Yeah. Okay, gotta move. waste
1: an action to pick it up. Yep. So he does. He has to. So here's the thing, right? He does need to, like, pick it up. So he's looking at, like, Nulara and looking at him. He goes for it. He uses the interact action to pick it up, which is a manipulate action, which triggers your attack of opportunity, yeah. Nulara. And Let's if you go. crit, you can prevent him from actually doing uh, the action. Go. Another crit. Let's do it.
3: Oh, you man. Can do it. Come on, oh. come on. Oh, damn it.
4: 24 he's still flat-footed oh,
3: yeah that's right
1: uh he is so that's a hit <laughs>
3: thank you uh 17 another 17 points of slashing damage
1: oh he's looking pretty rough here let me see something yeah so so you hit him uh but he does manage to get the blade right and like ah uh, uh he looks at you You've got your shield raised. He flails like he's got this rage, this like panic in his eyes. He flails at you, Nulara, with his second action to attack you. It's going to be a 37 to hit. Critical. He- that's a critical hit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the damage is low. He only rolled three and a one, but that's still 28 points of damage on Nulara. That's low. Reveal- it was
2: low from what it could have been. No, I know. This guy's. Kind of- no joke.
1: We're good. We're good. <laughs> and then in this, like, wild, like, ah, he, like, does that uh-huh. and he spins around and he, like, kind of does this one big arc move through Nulara, he continues it and brings it right down where Mukta is behind him. So he's going to do a second strike against Mukta with a slight penalty. So that is a, nope. Let's not roll Mukta's attacks. All right. Nice. That's a 21. That misses. It it, it swings right to where you were. You're like, oh, you saw it coming. And, like, just a second before his blade comes down into the ground, it buries so strong, you see it go into the stonework of the bottom of this cave, right through you, and it misses you. I give him a little wink. Yeah. That's his turn. That's all three actions. Clovis.
2: All right. Uh, chill goes back down. All right. I'm going to take one step.
3: There we go. Yes, you
2: will. I'm gonna step right there, and now I am going to fire my lightning bolt at him. So it's a DC-21. Yep,
1: Rips right it. down the middle, right? It's like, you're threading the needle between, like, like Mukta and Nilara, right? Yep. Zoom. All right, he makes a reflex saving throw. As long as it's not the script. It keeps, okay, so here's the thing. It keeps using my target and not my selection. So I rolled a five plus 19 is 23. So it's a success, but not a critical success. Still takes half damage. Pretty Go much ahead and the roll best damage. we can hope for with a plus 19, so. Well, a natural one would be still a, uh, like potentially Seven. A, Seven. Fail. A, crit it'd a fail. It could actually be a critical right? fail, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it just takes it one step lower. So even if it succeeds, it takes it to fail. Uh, but plus 19 and one would be 20, which is below the 21. So if you roll a natural one, it would be a crit fail so he takes half of 27 he takes 13 points like Ugh! you see him like like the bolt like rips through him like Ugh! um and he he like you can see it in his eyes right like you feel the static it zo- zooms right by you Mukta. it zooms right by you uh new lara and, like, and like he you watch as like this like this man like drops to one knee he's heaving he's breathing and um he, you actually watch as he like, uh, like he drops the blade at his feet, cling, 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 and uh, yeah, and he's like, "All right, I give, I give." Uh, Mukta, it's your turn. No, oh, 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 oh. know. oh shit!
4: Ah, Carmen, 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 you know what happens to those who betray. The brotherhood you and I see to... the eyes the eyes getting wide and yeah. I'm going to strike him with the da- ve- dagger
1: of venom go for it does the venom strike only last for the the one strike or it's... I think so it's, just um, like it's, once a, it's once a day So. Uh, I can act yeah, yeah you poison it you poison him but he, he yeah so it doesn't yeah. it only once yep okay too bad Go ahead and make that attack roll.
3: In the oh, Jesus. Damn it. That would have been cool, though.
1: Your dagger, like, swings out, and, like, he reaches his, like, thick buff arms, and he grabs you by the wrist, and he's holding you. And you can see in his eyes, he's just staring right back at you. Second attack. You you try to wrestle your wrist free to bring the blade in. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Wow. The same roll, <laughs> right? Wow. Oh. Uh, no, actually worse, right? So yeah, you bring the, ha ah, You like wrestle free, you try to like do another move. He like grabs your other arm again with his other free hand and just like shakes his head at you. Why not third attack? No honor, no honor amongst thieves, right? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, take that third attack. Now I roll high. Oh, uh, he that footed? was actually, he's flat-footed because of Nulara, so, let me ask you this, Nulara, are you aggressive enough to provide flat-footedness for here? I think yes, in a sense, right? Unless you immediately stood down, this hits. Go ahead and roll damage on Karan Rajani. With the triple multiple attack penalty, it actually hits. Yeah, it's crazy. You plunge, like, ah, the dagger goes in him, right? And, uh, you wrestle through, it gets in, you like, get all close up into his space. Um, he's, he's hurt. He's at the near death, but it's not enough to actually finish him. I got my blow in. That's fine with me. What what the group wants to do is up to them. Yeah, you took the blow, right? So, Nulara, Mukta is, like, Carmen has dropped the sword. He's given himself up, and Mukta is, like, trying to, to finish him. And the camera, like, you know, the dagger's deep into Carmen. Carmen's, like, wrestling against Mukta. And then the camera kind of moves up just a little bit, and standing right over the shoulder is, like, new Lara with her blade, watching this go down. There's a I tight could... shot on your face. What do you do?
3: I put a hand on Mukta, and then I just quietly go, Enough. He's given up.
4: You let a rabid dog loose, you'll end up getting bit.
3: It doesn't feel right, killing someone who's already giving themselves up.
1: That's, that's uh, what the group wants. Yep, so then, so that's what's happening, right? And then the camera shifts across the cave to Hal. You're listening to this go down. How what would you like to do? Before New Dollar's turn ends, I'll say
4: if this comes back to bite you in the future, don't say I didn't warn you.
1: (laughs) How what would you like to do on your turn? Are you standing down?
5: Third level magic missile. All three actions.
1: Ooh.
5: Oh, Oh! (laughs) rip. Good job, man! Get
1: him, baby! So yeah, it actually does an additional missile. So it does, what, four, mi- four missiles this time?
3: Mm-hmm. How old is Rajani? Is he, like, a... He's,
1: 30? like, in his, like, late 20s, early 30s. Probably, like, early 30s. Pretty yeah. So, dude, so, as it's you guys racist. are... <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Thank you for reminding me. As you guys are doing this, and you're kind of this peaceful moment, like, no. You know, and Mook's is like, if it comes back to biting in the ass, this is on you, right? Boom! <laughs> Missiles fly from around the corner And Karma Rajani falls to the ground Unconscious and dying As like you look up real quick And you just see how like how what are you doing How do you look what kind of look are you Giving your your allies
5: So they probably Haven't seen how like I mean they probably really don't know what goes on in Dio Bell but he has this very uh, Look his look on his face kind of fierce Kind of older than uh, he really Is um a hardness to him that they'd never seen before and uh slight smirk on his face as he reaches up and notes fly from his hands and they alight as they fly through the air and streak around mukta and slam into his body yeah and
1: he crumples unconsciously oh you watch him right like lands right on your feet like miller damn it yeah and we're kind of out of initiative here I think at this point Carmen is like dying, but not. I don't think he's outright dead here, right? He's definitely been knocked unconscious. He's probably making death saving throws. Does anyone go to help him, or do we just let him bleed out? Right, that's the choice here. Right, he's pro. He will die unless you do something to save him. So that is the choice I place at your feet.
3: I'm not trained in medicine, but I'll try.
1: Oh. Uh-
2: Clovis, uh, listens to those words, and And Nulara, let him, let him go, He's right. We look at all we're fighting, um…
4: Some people can't can't be be saved.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and,
4: uh, before Nulara can get out her healer's kit, I take the dagger and shove it into his throat.
3: This just leaves such a foul taste in my mouth. Man was given up.
1: And with that striking blow, it's not left up to fate anymore. Karma Rajani passes into the afterlife, deceased.
3: Was he the last of his name? As far as you know. Mm.
1: The Rajani line ends here today. I'll look up towards Nalara and
4: say, your conscience is clear, huh? You did what you thought was right my hands are the one with blood on them yeah, yeah. i mean uh, sure
3: this was the right thing to do it's just personally it's in the mouth. yeah
5: i know what you think but those two dead guys in the front they probably thought he was going to help them too it wasn't his right to destroy him the man is a drunk that doesn't that doesn't mean he needs to but you know as they say an eye for an eye those people up front have probably had no No chance against this man here.
4: He was dangerous.
5: They probably had families and everything.
4: Whether uh, he'd given up now, who knows, down the line. He might be thrown in a cell. Cells don't hold everyone forever. Trust me. I know.
3: Yeah. I'm gonna get over it. It's just... Give me like a minute or two.
1: Yeah, so you say that, right, and you kind of, like, look down and, like, right at his feet, like, underneath, like, the blood kind of pooling from his body. You see, like, the cooperative blade lying there in the blood that's, like, now kind of forming around it.
3: I grab it, and it's a Do you want it?
1: I'll take it and, uh,
4: clean it off. I'll head to the pool. Yeah, to that little body of water. Wash, yeah, head to the pool yeah. in the corner.
1: So, Press I will the drag in. the co- I'm dra- I drag the cooperative blade to your, um, inventory. Mukta, all right. you have it now. It is uh, a- it's, it's a named weapon, it's called the cooperative blade. It's actually a plus one striking long sword with a little bit of added bonus to it. Alright. I'll wash it off. Yep, Walk so Mukta, Mukta goes over- So, as you go over to the pool and you start, like, washing it off in the pool, uh, Nulara, like, where, where are you going? Because, like, everything around you is burning. There's not even a place to sit and, like, contemplate or regroup. <laughs> like, the whole room is on fire because Clovis has lit it, right? You, like, he has a wand of fire extinguishing, technically, in his bag, I think. I, <laughs> I do. Uh, you so, put yeah. Put the
2: fire let it go. Let it burn, baby, burn.
3: Let it burn. We're inside. This is going to be, like, the canker again.
1: Well, yeah. So, you come over and you're helping put the fire out, right, Clovis? Yes. And... Hal, what are you doing because you're you're the one that technically ended the fight right so you've said this like badass sort of thing and then everyone has kind of left you out of the side so where do you go do who do you talk to or do you retreat into your own thoughts what's going on in Hal's life
5: i go back to the front of the cave and uh look at the bodies there and check to see how how they how they died um yeah to confirm my suspicions on carmen killing them
1: Give me a medicine check or a perception check, whatever you think you would use for this.
5: Well, uh, I guess perception.
1: 21. So you give it a look, right? You know, Carmen's shtick, right? He uses blunt weapons in the hammers. He uses blades. You'd expect to find puncture wounds slash wounds, anything that marks sort of like damage on these guys. And as you look over the bodies and you turn it and flip them over and look. You realize there's not a single slash or puncture wound on these guys whatsoever in fact there's no wound on the bodies that you can find which is a little odd and i think in that moment you're looking closer at it and with a 21 something else catches your eye here the light from the outside the sun the sh- the, the clouds kind of shift a little bit the sun shines in a little brighter which caused your eyes to hurt and as you're looking at this guy you realize he's not casting a shadow and We cut from there. You look up and Mukta's washing the blade in the water. And then in the water, like a little like ripple, a shadowy sort of creature rises up out of the water, Mukta. And catches you by surprise. I need everyone to roll initiative for me again.
0: again. What? (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs)
1: Uh, Sorry, Mukta, you are not avoiding notice on this one. Nope. You had to wash the blade off. You had to wash the blade. Um, I think everyone's kind of caught off. This is the sad shadow, by the way. Oh, it rolls a natural one for its initiative, so that's good for you guys. All right, so uh, first to react as you're putting out the fire, Clovis, you look over, I think Hal is like, uh, guys, Something about, like, you know, not being a shadow. And you hear Mukta kind of got right. And then uh, you're the first to react, Clovis. Your heightened senses tell you there's like some shadowy creature rising out of the pool of water. All
2: right. So I will move over here so I can see it. And I will cast Acid Splash at it.
1: Okay. So it's heightened. So now the damage is actually increased. 21. A 21 will hit it. Uh, Yes, a 21 hits. So it takes five points of acid damage. Is that right? Is your, it actually takes nine damage because the heightened doesn't work on acid splash yet. It will in the next patch, yeah. Uh, So it takes that and then it takes one more splash damage as the splash hits. Mukta, you take one point of splash damage. Yep. (laughs) Sorry, Mukta. Don't worry about it. Let's kill this thing. Yeah. And then, it's Mukta's turn. Alright. Um... Obviously going to... It's acid damage, right? Yeah. Acid damage. Um, actually, it resists five of that damage you did. So I'm going to give it five hit points back.
3: Alright.
1: I'm going to,
4: um... Probably toss the, uh... Use an action, even, to toss the blade backwards the okay. captive blade, uh, cooperative blade. Yep. So I'm not laying it at its feet in case that's what uh-huh. it
1: wants. <laughs> Are you trying to, like, throw it, like clear behind you?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, how I'm just yeah. giving it a toss behind me so it's not in front
1: of this creature. Right. Are you aiming towards, like, Nulara or anything, or just the middle of the cave?
4: Just back toward... I can't really see Nulara, so I'm just aiming probably Perfect. Back. You're just
1: going that direction. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it clatters somewhere in the middle of the cave. Perfect.
4: And then, um, I'm going to... Use an action to draw my rapier with quick draw and strike.
1: Okay. Make that strike. Wow. Well, that is going to miss. Time to change your dice there. 17 to hit. Change your dice. Change it. And then
4: third action, I will stride.
2: Your mama mama said change the dice.
4: Let's see, what's the best way to go? Ten feet that way now. I'll probably go ten feet there. Stride. Okay. Perfect. Um, sorry, now I'll probably go one more over.
1: That's all three, right? That's all three. New Lara.
3: Uh, okay. Hang on, let me check. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I am going to... Okay, uh, two actions. I am going to stride to... Wait, would I have, like, a general idea where Mukta was?
1: Yeah. You heard him, like, really, ah! like, hightailing it out of there, and you, you heard, like, sp- You see the sword, like, tossed right here. Yeah. yeah, you're aware of everything that's going on. You might not have eyes on whatever this is, but, like, you have a good sense that something scary is over there.
3: I'm also gonna die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe.
3: Fuck it. Uh... F- Free action, cause it's cool. Free action, dropping my sword. Uh huh. Walking to the, uh, striding to the sword. Uh huh. For my first action. Yep. Second action. Oh, I see it now. Grabbing the, the blade.
1: Okay, I'll add the copper blade to your inventory.
3: And then, seeing him over there, I'm just going to raise my shield.
1: With all right, you re- blade. perfect.
3: Um, shadow.
1: That's all three actions that takes us to Hal.
5: I'm going to stride to that point there, and I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I don't think those guys were killed by that blade. I'm not sure. We're getting attacked. Uh, per, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you don't look so hot. Uh, here, let me do something no. for you, and I'll take on my. Loot and I will strum it, then I will cast Suze.
0: Uh,
5: okay. I'm a Suze okay. criminal and I will cast Suze on the Nara. Harazma
3: bless you. 21.
1: 21 points. Of Henley, not bad. Yeah.
3: Awesome.
1: Third level suit. That's all your actions, right? Yeah. So the Sad Shadow. Like it's like watching all this and like how like flares up and shoots out this magical energy and like whatever magical effect You've done has like locked it right in on you how and so it uses first action to stride right at you Its second action the shadowy hand passes right through the center of you. That's an 18 to hit which I think misses
5: Is that this correct? That's misses as I definitely dodge to the side.
1: Yeah you get you get away from that shadowy touch and then um, the, the second, like, shadowy touch comes out, and so it tries for Clovis this time. Uh, 26, Clovis? Uh that hits. That does hit. Okay. So it hits you with the shadow hand, and you take 11 points of negative damage. It doesn't physically hit you. It passes through you like a ghost, and it hits, right. like, your soul. All right, Clovis.
2: Oh, okay, what's that? Burning Hands is a 15-foot cone from where I'm at. Would that not hit Hal if it's going from me out
1: that way? Yeah, you'd be able to miss Hal.
2: Yeah, I'll do Burning Hands. DC 21.
1: Put that in Yeah, let's. So let's, let's see if this works. I want to place the cone just because we have these cool spell effects, right? Yeah. There we go. All right, 15-foot cone, reflex save. Technically, I rolled using your stats again. Uh, however... 14 yeah it's gonna six 14 plus 14 it gets a 28 so it's a success it takes half damage all right it takes two points of fire damage Ooh-hoo. and it's actually resistant to that and so it takes uh one point actually it's resistant five so you burn it and the it, like the 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 shadow gets like f- lit up and kind of disappears from the brightness of the flame but when the burning hand goes away it's taking no damage yeah
2: um Okay, so then I will back up.
1: Yep, it doesn't attack.
2: Okay, and that is my turn.
1: All right, Mukta. One action, stride
4: 20 feet. Okay. And I will strike with my rapier. It is
1: flat footed, correct? It is flat footed, yeah. Wow. Oh. Jeez. oh my god. Mukta. Mukta, <laughs> Mukta, Mukta.
2: Mukta.
4: I'm going to strike it again.
1: Okay, go ahead.
3: Energy. Yes!
1: Uh, yeah, that's gonna hit. Alright.
4: Nice. And this is the ghost-touch rapier. It
1: is, and I will say this is interesting, because as your ghost-touch rapier goes through the shadowy creature, instead of passing through it like you're used to, it makes a solid connection as it, it like connects with the shadow itself, and it is not resistant to this damage at all. All right. So it takes the full 20 point. Oh, I think I did it to you. It, does, it takes the full <laughs> 20 points of damage, and, like gets really freaking hurt. Like, you feel it. You feel that solid hit, and you feel it, like, not used to being touched like this, right? It's not used to having physical connection or contact with anything in, in the realm, and it is looking pretty panicked. All right. Good job, Ghost Tetron. Money will Uh
4: Third action, I'm just going to go for another strike. Why not? Go oh, for no, it. sorry, sorry. Um, Nulara... I'm going to move away to allow Nulara
1: to get in. Okay. So I'm just going to go back to where I was. For sure. That's All my right, Nulara, the cooperative blaze in your hand, the shadowy creature okay. is right on how.
3: For my first action, I'm going to stride right to where Mukta was. And then Perfect. for my second action, I'm going to... Hit at the Sad Shadow with the Cooperative Blade. Okay. Oh, that would be a critical, uh, natural one.
1: Another natural one, man, from that same spot. It's the cursed spot. It is the curse. It's a miss!
3: But, if it's like before, this next hit would
1: hit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna hit History. it again!
1: History repeats itself. Do it again. This time with the, the penalty.
3: <laughs> it does! It works the second time.
1: 22 is a hit. Ooh,
3: uh, that would be... About 12 points of damage. Okay,
1: 12 points of damage. This blade doesn't have a ghost touch rune on it, so it is resistant to five of this. So it does take, uh, seven of the damage. But I think as you carve through, like, it it hits it. It doesn't have that solid connection like the ghost touch rune, but in that moment, the shadow, like, withers, sh- dissipates, it's gone, and, like, left there standing is just, you know, Nulara with the cooperative blade in your hand over your defeated f- over what was your defeated foe, and we are now, like, kind of, like, out of combat.
2: Did you punch it, New Lara? Did you punch that ghost?
3: No, I hit it with a blade. And... That Mukta <laughs> drop, Mukta, here you go. It's pretty well-balanced
1: yours. Keep it. Uh. So I'm going. Yeah, so it, it seems like, you know, you're out of danger, so we're back into, like, you know, role play mode or whatever. I yeah. You know, I, I startled you with the shadowy creature. It's fine.
4: Can I use recall knowledge spirit Ooh. lore to see what uh, this thing might have been?
1: Yeah, for sure you can. Absolutely. Awesome. Recall knowledge, one of the best skills in the game.
4: That's a 24.
1: Yeah. Yeah, This you uh, you definitely learn what this thing is. So with your lore, these are what are known in the occult realm, in the spirit realm, as shadows. Not... Te- I mean, technically, they are undead. They're mysterious undead. They're known as shadows. They lurk in dark places and feed on those who stray too far from the light. Uh, they have the ability to sort of... Um, you know, attack you enough and, like, steal your shadow from you. And then if it steals your shadow, it can raise it as a shadow alongside of it. And when it attacks, when it damages things, it doesn't leave physical trace on the body. The only telltale sign that this thing has killed something is that usually it doesn't have a shadow, even the dead body no longer casts a shadow. All right. And because this, I'll tell you one weakness that you know about this, um, it has a weakness known as light vulnerability. So in a pinch, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a magical weapon, if you have a weapon that has like magical light shining from it, like the light spell, for instance, it can overcome. It's like, non, it's magical, non-magical resistance, but it has to be on the weapon that strikes it. Okay.
5: okay. Hey, Harold, you look uh, kind of dirty. You gonna go take a bath in that water. <laughs> okay. You're probably right. Let me clean off my hands real quick. I feel dirty for saying that the... Carmen kills those guys out front, but clearly that wasn't Yeah, I'm
3: sure it was the right thing to do. He was a
1: racist. Just because the token said racist <laughs> doesn't make Gosh. Carmen Rashani racist. It's
4: canon in our game it's now, a- sorry. <laughs> yeah, if the token says
1: racist, <laughs> he's racist. Drunk, like, yes. Lie. Asshole, yes. Entitled, yes. Rough around the edges, yes. I don't think I would personally call Carmen racist in context of our game. But maybe as a dark side, I don't know That's
3: about how the algorithm described him <laughs> yeah.
1: Back at the shop, there's a sign that we just kept missing. It's like no Yosoki. Right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. he was racist. Yeah. Love his whispers to go.
2: If we stay here long enough, we can get Hal to spend the night outside.
3: <laughs> oh, but I forgot my tent.
2: Oh! Yeah, we promised him we'd let him... You don't need a tent here, you're
1: you're in cover, right? Yeah, we we, we want him out under the stars. If Carmen had a tent or a sleeping bag or anything, it is now incinerated. Sorry.
4: Would I know of any reason why the Shadow would have not
1: attacked Carmen? It's a good question. Why don't you make a... You can make another recall knowledge now that you know what this is to see if you can like somehow piece this together. Can I use like spirit trying... lord again? You can use spirit lore, yeah. See if there's maybe something you can piece together, right? Like Come is there on. a reason where they end league with each other? Yeah. Twenty-eight. Nice. Right. 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 So 28's is a good role, it's a success. I think you not so much piece together that maybe carmen was in league with it or working with it uh shadows generally are ones that like to like kind of pick and attack things and surprise things and startle things and potentially carmen who has been kind of around a fire a lantern some sort of light source potentially was enough to make them not take their chance on him So, I don't think there's any clear reason you can think of as to why the shadows didn't necessarily attack Carmen. The only thing that you maybe can piece together is either A, they were scared of the fire and stayed away from him, or they hadn't noticed him, as odd as that may seem. And as you're piecing this together and you're looking at the shadow and you're looking at Carmen, you're trying to figure out the situation, your eyes are instinctively drawn to the fat uh, coin pouch on the now-dead, covered-in-blood Carmen Urzani. I'll, uh,
4: I'm going to go over there and try to discreetly take
1: it. Make a thievery check for me. Is thievery the closest we have to this sort of effect, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, make a stealth check. Either thievery or stealth, they're both the same for you, so it doesn't matter. Right. Natural one. Come on, baby. You're babe. basically trying to beat everyone's perception DCs. No. Um, okay. I will say, how while you're sitting here, you just Casually, as you do I so often, put out one of your detect magic pings, and you get a a ping of enchantment magic coming from the area that you did not know was there before. I think a 29 is enough to beat everyone's path of perception, so you snag all the gold off of Karma Rajani's body. I will go ahead and drag that to your token. You get 110 gold pieces. All right, and then um, uh, 110, you said? I I added it to your sheet, yeah. Okay. I dragged it. So also, like, in the aftermath of this, looking at carmen he's got some very nice studded leather on how with your magic you are able to piece together this is magical plus one studded leather if any of you would like that
5: i'm sorry what happened i was just being quiet over here
3: (laughs) Uh, during that time i sat right next to hal and just nudged him because he was so quiet
5: you all right there oh i uh i thought he killed those men out front those people i was wrong Mm -hmm. i'm sorry uh what happened? I feel, uh, I feel a little, I don't know. You've done this more than me. I feel a little dirty and I can't get it off my hands.
3: You, it goes away. As sad of a fact as that is, it really does.
5: Okay. Um, is that the armor he's wearing is, uh, you know, it has some magic if you want to wear it.
1: I did add it to your inventory, Nilara, just because you're the, the one that can carry things the most. So it's valuable, even if you don't.
5: I'm wearing Otari's armor, of course. That is probably better. Zemir always wears the Atari armor. <laughs>
1: uh, I think from here, there's sort of like this, this montage as you guys, like, go back to town. You've got the cooperative blade. You've got what you came here for. I guess the real question is, what do you do with Carmen's body?
3: Uh, I was
1: Bring it back, right?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, you can. can. Yeah, like, I, I think, think I have should.
3: A burlap on my inventory or
1: something. I'm fine with that, yeah
3: just...
1: Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you you go ahead and wrap up the body uh, and carry it back to town. There is a 50 gold bounty dead or alive, right, that you were aware of? Before
4: we get to the town, I'll mm-hmm. say, uh, Nulara, you if you were going to bring that to the guard, um, maybe I should hold on to the cooperative blade and not go with you.
3: Yeah. Um, um, I are you
4: going to tell him we didn't find it? I think that's best for now.
3: Yeah. I don't think I can lie. So maybe Hal can come with me. I'll just carry, and if they ask, he can answer for me. Can you...? Because if that I try and invite him like,
1: Where's his body? Ask my friend. <laughs> okay,
3: where's the sword? Mm-hmm.
4: And the lot is too tall for me to hold her shoulder, so I'm going to, try, like, pat her on the hip almost and be like, remember. I look towards the rest of the group. My my hands are the one that have blood, and uh, when I do that, I'm going to try to stealthily put the hundred gold into Nolara's pocket. Oh. Okay, that's a that's a oh. theme
2: check for sure.
1: <laughs> nice. nice, nice, I hope Clovis is the one that catches you again. He's always catching you going in everyone else's pockets. 28. No. I think that beats everyone. So what you can take
4: out 100, 100 gold from me and then put the 100 gold into Nilara.
1: Right, I think I can drag it easily enough. Let's see. Uh, yeah. So, Nilar, you're going to somehow find yourself with 110 extra gold pieces next to
3: me. i Why would you give it back?
4: <laughs> and then I, I wrap the cooperative blade and sneakily make my way probably to... Uh, probably not the Rally Rockfish, because I'll probably go to the
1: Crook's no- Nook. Crook's Nook okay and i think that this kind of triggers like this sort of montage of events you know we have you guys taking the body back to like captain longsettle and like the town seeing carmen there's that sort of like montage of like them asking you like where's the blade and you're going oh no right like we didn't find the blade right um and like how like spinning a story and trying to explain what's going on we see like uh, Mukta back at uh, the Crook's Nook. I assume you're kind of sitting across and exchanging like a knowing, like a uh, like a look mm-hmm. with like um, Yin, and she like she knows and she slides you like a drink um, on her and she takes one with you. And there's just that. There's no sound to these montages, right? But we get the feeling of what's going on. And as this montage is playing out, we hear like the voice of Rin Savinsky kind of like talking over it. The threads of fate are clear here, Elanir. The stars do not lie. Something sinister lurks below the vaults. And then there's like a sort of like more montage. more times passing. We see Mukta being trained by Morley Bent in the finer elements of rare document handling. He's droning on and we can see Mukta's trying his best not to tune yeah, out the poor yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> we see like, you know, Clovis packing his bags, uh, everyone is like getting all their gear ready for another trek into the abomination vaults new lara is sitting on the blade like sitting on a bed and there's like um in like secret right and you see that she kind of unravels the burlap sack and she just eyes on this cooperative blade this this sword that's like ancient thousands of years old not a single tarnish on it like there's weight to this emo- like you know emotional weight more than just like weight but it's a finely made blade right Um, Behind her, on the bed, we see Clovis sitting, whispering Reed's book out open as he is turning the pages, you know, reading the information. And back to Ren, like, I cannot see beyond this moment. Something blocks my vision, makes it harder to see. I think it's still undecided. Or something more powerful doesn't want me to see. A small scene outside the Rowdy Rockfish, we see Dorianna Menhems blushing as she's talking with Hal Harmony. He's oblivious to the way she's looking at him. We can't hear them, but from the expressions we can see, he is recounting a great battle with Volok. She turns and looks away, called by somebody off screen, as she turns back to Hal, tells him goodbye, and gives him a kiss on the cheek before running away. I do not know what awaits these poor souls, only that it will be significant an event that will become a major milestone in their lives, for better or for worse. The crew is packed up, heading towards the gauntlet. We see them enter the door towards Volek's lab as they disappear from the camera, walking down beneath the gauntlet, all four icons of the Rose Guard in tow, ready to unlock the mysteries that. wait below and we fade to black we fade in from black we can see the face of carmen rajani he is bloodied bruised and we can hear him speak it's mine i tell you the sword is mine The words quiet a bit as the picture of Carmen distorts, until we can see it as a reflection bent across the surface of a sphere. The camera pulls back slowly, and we see a crystal ball atop a desk. The desk is covered in all manner of paperwork. The smell of ink and brimstone fill the room, overwhelming our senses. And we see the arm of a creature a long red hand with black nails tapping on the desk. The camera stops, only showing us the creature from behind and only this arm tapping, listening, watching. In the crystal ball, we see Carmen, dagger plunged into his back, riddled with magic missiles as he collapses to the ground his neck slashed by the Yosoki standing over him. We can see him lean in, watching intently what is happening in this moment. The face of Carmen is replaced in this crystal ball. We see a new face, new Lara, blood splattered and fierce. Slowly, the other faces come into view. The rest of the heroes of Otari, one by one, each come into focus. Ending on Mukta. The creature sips its goblet, sets it down. We hear only a single utterance here in the quiet of this office. Well, then, what do we have here?